leaving out of these festivals, leaving out of this reach that we have. I mean, they do a country show. They do the pop show. They do like these different things. Oh, do they and, do the pool party, the right, jingle ball, like right. the million things, the ride the bull fest or whatever the hell it is. Like, so yeah, absolutely. So it makes sense that they're getting involved in it and good, man. Nine o'clock. I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, like I said, New Jersey Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino as well. I'm interested to hear that new Post Malone song. Yeah. And dude, I can't wait. Cannot wait for you to hear the new Luke Combs song, Beer Can. I, uh, I'm excited as well. Post Malone, a lot of people are probably like, who? Um, he's a rapper that looks like he's from Canton South. And I think that's probably... That's totally true. Isn't that a good enough explanation of who he now, is? Now, is he, is he a Caucasian? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, he played the Agora. And so, like, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of the show, but I walked in there and I saw a little bit of it. And then, you know, I saw the concert poster and it was like... There may be a a Mexican influence from one of the parents. They're there. Like I wasn't sure what the background is. Not like it matters. I'm just I, you know I, I just don't know. I don't know if we're talking a little Rachel Dalzell situation nice, here. Nice, but nice. No, no, no. As far as I know, Post Malone, like I said, looks like he's from Canton South, but he's a rapper too, and not a surf. I can't believe. Like I had no idea that band was still a thing. Me either. And so every Monday, Sansbury and I will kind of sit around, and there's a couple of different new music things you can look at. And yesterday, the first band out. Usually, one of us. Will be like, dude, there's new Green Day. That makes sense. That's right. the one because it's Green Day. They're a huge band and we want to talk about it. But yesterday, Sansbury's like, there's it. There it is. Not a surf. And Not I'm a like, surf. Why? Dude, Popular was a great song. It was. And what I'm hoping here is, is that they took 25 years <laughs> to write another like great song that broke through. Because I, okay. I like back in the day, you had to buy the record. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so when that song was big, I bought the record. Yeah. And was pissed I bought the record. <laughs> Dude, the record was terrible. But that song was huge. I also had that album, and that was a um, uh, that was one of those Columbia houses where I was like, all right, nice. put a pen, tape a penny a right penny here. The cardboard. Yep, and then send it on in. And yep, that was one of those. So I wasn't necessarily mad. Because at the Columbia house thing, I would always just be like, when they would call, I would be like, Dude, I'm 12 years old. You can't sue me. You can't do anything. Like, you gave me these 12 CDs, and that's it. The like, Columbia house lie was like the, like the first, like, grown-up conversation you had. Like, all your buddies were like, you'd sit around in a circle of your buddy's house Saturday night, like, no, seriously, man, we're under the age of 18. We're un- we're untouchable, man. There's nothing we could do. We get all the white snake we want, and we never have to pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely Dude, I remember, I was sitting at my buddy Chris Ivan's house at the end of... <laughs> The end of Pirate Trail, sitting there thumbing through like all our Motley Crue records. Like, I can't believe somebody just gave us all these. And so, yeah, there's a little not a surf right there. Popular. I always really liked this song. And cool. actually, this was this would be like a spike record I would throw in occasionally. Because it's one of those songs, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And it's like the first Weezer song ever. Like, if you think about it, it's like this band kind of gave birth to that. Don't put off breaking up. Prolonging the situation only makes it worse. Yeah, prolonging it makes it worse. So we'll find out if Not A Surf still has it in the pen. I doubt it. No, no, I do not feel good about that. I I doubt it. The uh, the song is called Out of the Dark, so we'll find out. How are you, buddy? Uh, Pretty good, man. I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, a big day at uh, at Casa de Fantone over here. Dude, first day of the NBA season, tip-off tonight. Cavaliers getting underway, and uh, I'm very excited about it. I feel very confident about the Cavaliers. I feel like, honestly, this is probably... The most excited I've been for a season in a while. This is Celtics at Cavs, right? Correct. Tonight. Kyrie coming out. And, uh, um, yeah, I got to see that. 
Um, yeah, and the good thing is, is it starts at eight. So, I mean, you can realistically stay up, watch the first quarter, and be like, "All right, I'm going to bed before it gets too late." Um, I know they're doing a video tribute to Kyrie Irving, like a brief video tribute to Kyrie Irving, thanking him for his time in Cleveland tonight. And uh, I've said this since it all happened: is like I can never hate the dude. He gave me one of the best sports, the best sports moment in my entire life. So I'm not going to be like, "Dude, we got to boom out of the building tonight." They're going to boom out of the building. They're going to boom out of the building. They are. Um, he brought it on himself. I was with you, I, dude. I always said Kyrie Irving was my Cavalier, right? So you want to leave? You want to go to Boston? I'm totally fine with it. Right, it's you're a young man. You want a title. You've got enough money. So if you want to go somewhere else, you want to do the thing. I totally understand. I want to be able to leave here when I want and be able to go work somewhere else too if I feel like it. Right. 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 So it'd, it'd be hypocritical of me to say that to Kyrie. But what I wouldn't do is when I went somewhere else, I wouldn't be like, well, dude, I'm glad to finally be doing radio and and, and not. I shouldn't say finally. Let's not add words to what he said. But I wouldn't be like, well, you know, I feel like I'm doing radio in a real radio city. I would never say that. I would never backhandedly smack Canton around like that because how good it's been to me. Yeah, I mean he does, and he'll. I think. I think honestly, like a year from now, two years from now, Kyrie Irving will have a much different perspective on on what. I mean, Northeast Cleveland Ohio was good to that kid, are. right? I mean, I think he'll have a different view of it because, like I've said before, when you get bounced out of the first round of the playoffs or the second round of the playoffs, and Boston fans don't care about you, they're gonna eat him alive, dude. They are. They're gonna they're gonna throw that dude to the wolves. <laughs> dude, wait till that media gets their hands on him, right? And like, I mean, don't there's Cleveland media that. I mean, but even so, Cleveland media is kind of a limp deed. Like they are. I mean, it's they're not like Boston. Not Boston right? Boston's going to rip you apart when you're not good. And that's I feel like it's inevitable. You're, they're not going to win the they're not going to win the Eastern Conference over the Cavaliers. I feel standing here, game one tonight, a hundred percent confident the Cavaliers will be in the NBA Finals again. So I guess if you're going to the game tonight, I mean, do as you feel fit. I just if I was standing there, I don't think at any point I might booing the dude. Now, I mean, here's the thing. I, I would, if I was going to the game tonight, would I boo him during like the video tribute and all that stuff? No. But late in the fourth quarter, during the game. when the game's tight, and I've, if I was sitting there, I'd be, I, I, I mean, would I yell maybe something? I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna like scream obscenities at him. I think I'm too old for that, no matter what the situation is. But in the fourth quarter, when I'm looking to win the game, you're on the opposing team, so it's not necessarily like, well, he left us, so now I'm booing. It's just like, no, I want the Cavs to beat the Celtics. It um, it, it, it's it's like an ex an ex girlfriend to me, where it's like I'm not gonna be the 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 dude who's like, I hate that bitch, F that bitch, I'm run, not going to run your name through the mud, but at the same time, I'm not going to follow you on Facebook anymore. You know what I mean? Fair. Like, I've, That's I've totally got, fair. I've got to build some separation. And enough talking about Kyrie Irving, dude. The Cavaliers, I'm honestly pumped for. You've got Dwayne Wade, you've got Derrick Rose, Kevin Love playing the five, Jay Crowder and LeBron in the starting lineup. Hopefully, my brother hates Kevin Love at the five. Um, I think you're looking at that from an older NBA perspective. He is because, dude, here's the thing: my my brother's coaching young teams right now, right? And he's like, all these kids, they just come in the gym, they roll the balls out, and all they want to do is chuck threes. Whoa. And he's like, and he's mad about it. Yes, fundamentally, I can understand why you're why when you're coaching sixth graders, why it's like, no, you can't be, you know. But I, I think people are looking at at it from the perspective of like, well, Patrick Ewing's going to be out there, and Kevin Love's going to be on him. And it's like, no, the NBA doesn't, it's not that. Type it's not of, a big man league like it's that not, anymore. It's not, no, it's not. And I mean, Kevin Love is, you know, size-wise, he's big enough to play center. And, and he certainly, you know, I think has gotten a little bit tougher as he's kind of moved on in his career. So I don't know. I'm not necessarily concerned about it because he can shoot three-pointers and spread out the floor, and that's what they need from him. So it, I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I really do. I, I, I think they're going to be okay. I, I don't worry. I 
I hate when people say, well, him and like, you know, bums could walk out of the East. I hate that because I just don't know if that's true anymore. I think he does need, I mean, a little bit more help than people want to admit 15 years now, I think it's going to be in. But I, I don't worry about them until we have to face somebody in the Western Conference for like the NBA title. I really don't. I don't worry. No, we haven't played a game yet. You know what I mean? A million things could happen between now and then. I mean, there could be six injuries. Who knows? Right. And I just want to be on the record saying as we sit here game one, I do think it's going to be a bumpier beginning to the season than people are thinking. If through 20 games, they've only won 12 of them, I won't necessarily be surprised. It takes a lot to get people on the same page. If they're 8-12 and to start, I'm not necessarily like, shocked by it. I mean, they did a lot. There's a lot of moves and you lost a guy in Kyrie Irving. I know you got Dwayne Wade and there's don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? I I think they're probably the deepest. I don't really remember those Miami teams, so I don't feel comfortable saying this is the deepest team he's ever had, but it feels like this is the deepest team. I remember LeBron James having, which is interesting to me. And I do want to see how this season unfolds, which by the way, Dwayne Wade called LeBron James out and uh, LeBron actually just coughs up and says, yeah, he's totally right. We have the audio. We'll play it for you next on rock. 106, 106, nine. Welcome back to the stands Ray show on rock. 106, nine coming up at nine o'clock. Nikki six will be breaking in. Give you a, a road. It's called in the business. It's called a roadblock announcement of who will be playing. iHeartMedia's alter ego festival in, uh, well, California there. Okay. Little alternative music concert there, and uh, I believe Nikki will be giving you a pair of tickets. And then we'll do a new tour Tuesday for you as well. New Post Malone featuring Twenty One Savage, new Luke Combs, and new Not a Surf. Interested to hear all three of those songs. Well, actually, I've heard the Luke Combs. Okay, I have heard that. I listened to that. Uh, I listened to it yesterday. And yeah, I think you're going to get a kick out of that one. I uh, I have not heard any of these songs, and I'm sure I will get a kick out of that one, and I'm sure it'll be a kick to dust up. One time now, Stansbury, come on! Now, the good news is we do have Black Label Society tickets for you. All right. And we'll pass those out at 730. You know, Aaron Rodgers got hurt the other day in that game, yeah. and so people were speculating maybe what happens is, is maybe the Packers call Kaepernick. And I said, guys, the Packers are not the organization that's going to call Kaepernick. They're just not. And sure enough, Mike McCarthy got asked the question in the post-game press conference, and dude, he takes a reporter's hat off for even suggesting it. Really? Yeah, that video is online for you, WRQK.com. You can check that out for yourselves. It's, uh, yeah, he's not interested. I would think that the Packers were the type of organization that would be able to take in Kaepernick. In That's the sense, not what they do. Well, in the sense of, like, they're not... They still are a, play, a playoff contender in the sense of if you put Kaepernick in and are able to win half of the games that he plays, and if Rodgers is able to come back within eight weeks, you know what I mean? Like I don't think they're in an okay position. I don't think they're thinking that's what happens. And the roster is not great. And dude, it's like somebody who it was was it Greg Jennings was on TV like a week ago, two weeks ago, saying, "Look at what they do." They don't do stuff like this. Like they don't go after free agents. They the, they work their system. They work their guys inside. They draft. They do that. And honestly, you can make the argument. And Chris Carter was making it. I think yesterday that the Packers have kind of let Aaron Rodgers down in that regard. That maybe you should start to go after more free agents and put a team around this guy because you probably could have had two, three more Super Bowls because you have the next level quarterback. And then a lot of people make the argument that the Packers have kind of failed. I mean, Chris Carter, his quote was, they failed him 
Every team in the NFL fantasizes about having an Aaron, an Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers right. Absolutely. That's that's one of the things that most teams are like, well, that's why we can't get over. That's why we can't win is we don't, we have, don't have that, that guy. guy. And then when you have that guy and don't put him in the right position, yeah, I can understand why people feel that way. Yeah, I think we would be criticizing the Browns organization, which, by the way, 7 o'clock, got some updates on that, got some news on that. Okay. But, uh, but uh, okay. dude, honestly, let's let's stay positive right now Okay, with the with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who start their season tonight at home against the Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving, and uh, well, is it Gordon Hayward? Yeah, they, they make their way into the queue. And so LeBron James has been fighting off this rumor about himself for years. And the rumor is, is that he is cheap, that he doesn't like to spend a lot of money. And having friends who are in the service industry, who have waited on him in Cleveland, they all claim that, yes, he's very, very nice, he's respectful, but he does not tip great, so much so that I heard that other Cavs players have held back at the table or gone to the restroom and then like and then met everybody else outside of the restaurant afterwards so they could swing by the table again and drop cash in like the little check folder thing. Uh, that was a uh, Ross on Friends did that with Rachel's dad. Remember? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, right. so yeah, but I've had friends who have seen other Cavs players do that because they kind of know dude you kind of like stiff this waiter and like let's not do that and so I you know he's been fighting this rumor off Dwayne Wade called him out about it and then LeBron James responds it's insane who is the cheapest guy in the NBA and Dwayne Wade says LeBron James Diva. who is it <laughs> true or false that is so 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 false that is so falsely true. That is so falsely true. <laughs> ain't using his phone if it ain't Wi-Fi. No, it's like, I'm not what? doing that. I'm not turning on Data Roman. I'm not. I'm not buying no apps. I still got Pandora with commercials. You know you're rich, right? I'm not paying for it. I think it's interesting. First of all, download iHeartRadio. Get everything you want for right. free. What are you doing with Pandora? LeBron? What are you doing with Pandora? Come on. What are you doing with that? Download iHeartRadio. Duh. That's the first thing, right? And second, I think here's why it's interesting. I think there is something to certain people, not everybody, but certain people who grow up with nothing fear they're going to end up with nothing. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's a and I think maybe I'm overstating this. And I know a lot of people view me to be a LeBron homer and that I constantly look to excuse him. But if I think that's a mark of intelligence. Like, if you can take somebody from nothing, give them everything and they don't wild out with their money. Like that, I think it is. I think it is a mark of intelligence. I think LeBron's in a unique situation in the sense of he literally went from you know nothing to everything. Where most dudes that get into professional sports, they get something, and it's a big something. Like five million dollars a year is something, but it's not LeBron money. So I think once he kind of understood that, hey, I'm not just going to be a normal professional athlete. I'm going to be that next level of wealth. I'm going to be that next level of influence. I'm I mean, he's be that, got generational that money. next that next level of power i mean like i mean you can say a 50 million dollar contract is generational money lebron's 500 million plus at this point so like so i mean it really is a different level um no he's wealthy he's not rich he's wealthy i i I have zero problem i think it's funny that you're still i mean you can pay for pandora what is it like nine dollars a month or something like that you could you could put on you could have an unlimited phone plan lebron some people claim that like a lot of the comments were you know on espn story that you know people were saying dude his pr team wrote this so he kind of comes off likable and good. Then where'd all these cheap rumors come from? Yeah, I, I mean, I do believe it. I do. I, I, I mean, Amon Shepard said, look, we'll be in the middle of the weight room. And next thing you know, commercials come out on a streaming service because he, 
he won't pay. They all beg, let us put plug our radio right, in, yeah, and, he, and he won't let. He won't let him. The only thing I have an issue with, and it's just like, dude, you have to tip. I understand that, like, you feel like, well, no matter what meal it is, you're only bringing me out my food, so it's only worth maybe X amount of dollars in your mind. But that's not how society works, dude. If you spend $500 at a restaurant, you need to tip $100. That's just the way it is. That's the only part of this where I'm like, ugh. But if I had, and I probably tip too much money in, in certain situations. But if I if I knew friends of mine were like walking by the table to correct that, right? I would well a I would be like well God I can't go out to dinner with people for a while until they forget about this right? Well, and, and the thing that I always say is if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out to eat. Go to a fast food. I restaurant, say the same thing fine. about asking how much something is at right. the bar. How much is that drink? If you have to ask, you shouldn't be ordering. But I'm it. putting that through the two for twenty mindset of like, well, dude, I'm trying to save money because we're trying to pay rent this month. LeBron doesn't have those worries. He has the hundred bucks to put down. So, like, honestly, of all the gripes against LeBron in the history of his career, that is one of those things. It kind of grinds my gears. I it is one of those things though. Like I said, I, I think there are certain people when you come from nothing, just are always afraid you're going to end up with nothing. And it's like the best way to be sure. Like people ask me all the time, dude, why do you still bartend? And it's because, dude, I went broke in my adult life. And when and when that happens, you are so fearful it will happen to you again that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure it doesn't. I actually now think I do tip waiters, LeBron. Like, come on, if I can tip a waiter, then right. LeBron James can tip a waiter. But like, I I kind of understand the mindset, and I almost like it. There is one fundamental truth about guys my age: if you put Star Wars on it, we will buy it. And I'll prove my point next on. Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. If you miss anything from yesterday's program, podcast it right there. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday. New Post Malone, new Luke Combs, new Not A Surf, all part of that. Also, 9 o'clock, you get your Roblox announcements for iHeartRadio's Alter Ego Festival. Little festival featuring alternative music there. You'll get your lineup. Nikki Six will uh, run down the lineup for you. I believe pass out a pair of tickets for the program. For the show. That'll be interesting. I know the lineup. Do you? Oh, yeah. I know the lineup. Oh. Yeah, no. I was made privy to the lineup yesterday. Jeez. And uh, I, I, I want to give it out. Okay. But I think my boss is going to be very unhappy if I do that. Yeah, I would not. I mean, there's a reason why they do the roadblock announcement. Mm-hmm. Is so that that's when the announcement is given. Mm-hmm. And they probably want Nikki to do it because he won't screw it up. No, he won't. He won't. He probably won't make fun of it either. No. You know what I mean? Like He'll probably just straight face tell you who it's going to be. Talk about how awesome it's going to be. Not question it at all. Stansberry does it. You can you can hear the eye roll in his voice. Like, Jesus. Like, oh like, no, uh, dude, I should, I'm, I'm going to take notes during that. Okay. Did you know? I mean, I guess we could be talking about this. Our yeah. boss sent us the email. I, I think Nikki put the, the word out. Like, I didn't, I was late to the party on this. Dude, six cents is coming to an end. Nikki's going to, dude's going to pull the cord. Yeah, coming at the end of the year. I believe January 1 will be the, uh, the point of transition there. I so. can't believe that. Um, there's a part of me that is surprised that you would walk away from that. Because I mean, it's a 
pile of cash they pay him. For not much either. No, dude, the girl on that show does all the heavy lifting. And I don't want to, like, spoiler alert things, but when you've got shows like that, when you've got, you know, those nationally syndicated shows, you've got three producers taking care of all audio elements. You've got people who are researching the show for you and saying, yo, Nikki, here's what we're talking about this break. Here's what we're talking about this break. Here's what we're talking about this break. Here's your points. Here's your copy points. Here's your bullet list. You know, and just tell us the right. stories about being in Motley Crue. Right. You, yeah, you stick to. We'll do everything else. You just tell us what it's like playing in front of 25,000 people. And then, and then probably, I would probably say twice a year, he has to be like, Hey, it's Nikki Six here uh, for the six, for the Sixth Sense, and you know, blah blah blah, Rock One Hundred Six Nine. I've always been curious, and dude, again, my boss hates when I do this. But we do a million of those like iHeartRadio music festivals, right? And Sixth Sense doesn't play those. I don't know how he, it's not like required, like contractually, bro. You owe us two concerts a year, right? Right. I mean, because I mean, we can knock Nikki all I want, all we want. I love, I absolutely love Motley Crue, and I'm a huge Nikki fan. Having met him a couple of times, I'm a huge fan. But, I mean, dude, that show does really well on this radio yeah, station. Like, really, really well. Like, that show cleans up on this radio station. So, I, dude, I wonder, what, what's the company thinking? Like, are they, I bet they're worried, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe the Stansberry Show Night Show. Maybe you and me come back in, 7 o'clock, 7 to midnight. We're in here doing the thing. No, I think they'll probably get the dude from the Scorps. Oh, and, like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll be his show or something. I like, guess that makes sense. Maybe Alice Cooper. Okay. Maybe D. Snyder gets the bump. Um, maybe he does. Maybe they say, D, look, you know what? You got to open this thing up a little wider. It can't just be Hair Rock. You got to open it up a little wider. Play a little Disturbed. Play Maybe play some Godsmack, because we all know Nikki won't. <laughs> and so, You know what I mean? And maybe they just bump D up. Well, uh, in the pecking order here at Rock 106.9, when it comes to success, I mean, the Stansbury Show certainly is the uh, the crown jewel of the organization. But um, six, We Sense, should probably spread that around the building. <laughs> Sixth Sense and House of Hair um, are the 1A, 1B, where they, you know, one time it'll be like House of Hair is doing better, one time it's Nick Both those six. shows kill, Both though. of them do really they well. Do, they so both kill. I just don't know if D's going to be enough to have him, like, come out and not be the House of Hair guy. Because, like, that's his whole thing. Is It like, is his whole thing. It's all hair all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and like, all right, bro. It, it, it is his thing. I know. I know. That's why I'm saying I wonder. But he's got the radio chops. He's yeah, been he doing it forever. And he's decent enough at it. I don't think he's awesome or anything, but he's definitely good. And if you got the right iHeartMedia guy to like yeah. sit him down, work with him. I mean, that's what they had to do with Nikki. Brad Harden did that whole thing. And so like, if they get the right guy to like sit him down and be like, look, man, broaden this thing out a little bit and you can be iHeartMedia's rock guy. This is, uh, I don't mean to like slate the position, but it's a downside of your career thing. You're not going to necessarily be Dave Grohl and take this, but there's plenty of rock stars out there right now who have a big enough name. It's a weird spot, though, because you need a big enough name oh, where yeah. people care, but yet not so much that you still have to be on the road 300 nights a week. Right, like, like Corey Taylor couldn't or come 300 in nights a year. Dave no. Grohl couldn't come in and do it right no, now. No, not yet. I could, see, and Dave, uh, I could see Dave Grohl doing it later on in his career, maybe. Right. If you let Dave, I could see him do it. If you let me play all the B-sides, all the records I love. Like, that's Dave Grohl. Anybody in Metallica want to do this? Right? What's, what, what's, what's Lars doing right Which, now? Which, by the way, who was right about that record not being that great, by the way? What's Kirk doing right now? Right? I mean, like... Kirk you, Hammett. Right. Like, what are you guys doing? You guys could come in here and do that. I think Kirk Hammett's still probably trying to throw people off the gauge rail. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. I said, dude, I, uh, so there's a video online I want people to take a look at. It's at WRQK.com. That, uh, dude, they have made a Star Wars, like, Roomba. If you don't know what a Roomba is, it's like that, that, that like, round circle right. vacuum that will, like, will clean your house. I'm pretty sure it just runs into the walls and spins like <laughs> Family Guy was saying Sunday night. But they've made a Darth Vader version. 
and now I want it. I won't sweep my floors. Dude, for all the money in the world, I wouldn't sweep my floor. But, dude, if you give me Darth Vader doing it, now all of a sudden, take my money. Well, see, but that's the thing is you don't have to sweep your floors because Darth Vader is going to do it for you. Um, is this, are those things only like vacuums or can you use those on hardwood floors? Because I've thought about that. Both. But I, I just don't have enough carpet in my house. But do they work on hardwood? Yeah, no, they, they say actually it probably works on the hardwood better. And that's what my whole living okay. room is, is hardwood. Yeah, well, I've fake got, hardwood. Well, I mean, but still, like, I've got more flooring. So, dude, I've never thought, well, I mean, like, I've, I've always thought they were just carpet. But if they have, if they have floor ones, maybe we should think about this. Yeah. I just feel like those things might be a scam, right? Like, are they going to clean anything? Like, Dyson doesn't have one of those, do they? Um, and Dyson knows that thing never loses suction. I, like a like a broad on Shorb never loses it. I don't think that I don't think that Roombas are scams. No, I think I think they're legit. Maybe this one's not the best quality, but it's a Samsung PowerBot is what it is. Well, there you go. The blow, video blow up on your face there. The video. <laughs> The light vi- on fire. The video. Yeah, I can bring her all house right. down. The video online for you. WRQK.com. Browns fans are already starting to rejoice about a meeting they're not even sure happened. We'll clue you in next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 730. We'll pass out these Black Label Society tickets February 6th. I believe that show is at the Goodyear Theater in Akron. Corrosion of Conformity part of that show as well. Such a good show. That dude. is a that's good a, show. That's a lineup right there. Yeah, I want to go to that. I hear great things about the Goodyear Theater. I'd like to go to that show. A buddy of mine just hit me up. He was like, dude, I just bet $2,000 on on Jeez, the Celtics. Not, what? He bet $2,000 on the Celtics. He says the Celtics are going to make the Cavs look like my high school team. So I looked at the line. Because I, I, I don't bet basketball as much as I bet football. I don't bet anything as much as I bet football. And I'm looking at it. And the line opened at Boston getting four. It's currently at three and a half, and the over/under is the bet I like at two twelve and a half, meaning they'd have to score two hundred and thirteen. Both teams would have to score a combined two thirteen, essentially, for me to win the bet if taking the over. And I think I like the over. Oh yeah, especially if LeBron plays. I mean, you got both teams right now with revamped rosters coming out night one. Um, defense is what's going to suffer there, so easy to assume that the final score will end up being like one twenty four to like. One, you know, fifteen or something. Yeah, I like, like the that. over. Yeah, so and even even with the with the with the spread of of three and a half there, I would think that as long as LeBron plays. Now, if he doesn't play, we're in a different situation. But I think that's even safe. Uh, Celtics aren't as good as people think they are. Like in the sense of like, oh well, they got Kyrie Irving now. Well, yeah, but what else is on that roster? Gordon Hayward. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else we want to talk <laughs> about right now? Marcus Smart. No. Al Horford, no. Like, what are we? What, are, what else are we talking about right there? I I can't necessarily argue. That. You've got a rookie in Jason Jason Tatum that might be good, but the dude's never played an NBA game. You don't before. know he's good right, yet. No, right. wait, th- that's all hope. And if he ends up being good, now you got a three headed monster that could be pretty good. But I'm as of right now, you don't know that. That's a fair. That's a fair assessment of that situation. I don't know. The spread kind of scares me, but the over at two twelve and a half, I kind of like. Your boy's ridiculous for spending two thousand dollars. Number one on any sports bet. That's way too rich for my blood. But that's that's just not a good call. Yeah, Tony's nuts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm betting two thousand dollars on the Celtics like that. So Browns fans are all excited because, according to Jim Donovan, apparently Peyton Manning was in town last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And 
Now, look, nobody has any information on who he was meeting with, what he was doing. There's no link whatsoever to the, to the Browns organization. But, of course, people are like, well, what would he be doing here? And I would have to agree. What would he be doing here? Yeah. There were rumors they were meeting with other people. And then the Browns came out and said, no, we weren't. That's a total lie. And I said yesterday, don't buy that for a second. Anytime somebody's denying it, chances are they, they were involved. That's one of the things about being a Cleveland sports fan that's a little different in the sense of if you live in New York, if you live in Miami, if you live in L.A. and Peyton Manning comes out there, you can't add two and two and get four together there because it's like, dude, Peyton Manning might have just came to Miami because, yo, we live in Miami. But Peyton Manning didn't come to Cleveland for anything other than Jimmy Haslam, right? There's, I can't imagine. What did he come for? Did he come to go to Melt? Is that what he came into town for? Come on. I mean, I would. I mean, <laughs> but it's not... Yeah, I can't imagine it was anything else. This is exactly what he was doing. And at this point, do it, right? I would be hesitant of this move, to be honest with you. The player-turned-player-evaluator, I I mean, they normally say that average players make the best, like, scouts— and like the best coaches and that kind of stuff because they see hustle in dudes where like guys like Peyton Manning are so freakishly talented they just spend most of the time looking around going why can't you just do it like this because I'm not Peyton Manning dude like that that's why so I don't I don't know if he's going to fix it but legitimately phrases like this get thrown around so often that they don't mean anything anymore but the brown situation literally is it can't get any worse like, it no. legitimately is. It cannot get any worse than what it is right now. What are you going to do? Not win one game? Fine. You know, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I'm trying to come up with a scenario in my head where it's worse, but I don't know. I mean, what what is it? I mean, Peyton, at least, cerebral player. One of the one of the few guys in his era that I believe had like carte blanche at the line, meaning if he saw something in the defense, he was allowed to change the play, could make his own calls, could right. kind of do that. Right. So he can spot talent, I would imagine. He can spot what guys are able to do well and what they are not able to do well. Otherwise, how do you give him that long of a leash? Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, you don't reach this level without having the work ethic. And I know Peyton Manning, that's one of the things that people have always prided him on was that he was first in, last out kind of guy. Um... I, I, I just don't know, and the the reason, the thing that gives me the biggest pause is, well, number one, I don't think Peyton Manning wants his job. I don't. I don't think he wants anything to do with it. Where's the victory for him? You know what I'm saying? Well, if he turns the Browns around, okay, maybe, but like... I mean, you're already a Hall of Famer and for how, sure. how unlikely is that? When you could step into another job comparable and at least be like, well... You know, maybe I'm not going to be the best front office guy of all time, but with the Browns, it's two years and I'm going to be fired no matter what. I think Peyton Manning and and Browns fans are going to be really unhappy with this, but I think he's using you. And I think what he's doing, and this is purely a guess, because I'm with you, Fantone. I'm like, well, why would you want the gig? So if I'm Peyton Manning and I want Tennessee's job, don't I go to Cleveland don't I go to Cleveland? So somebody says, well, dude, the Browns are a mess. So before they take Peyton Manning off the market, and now Peyton gets paid more to go somewhere else versus, I mean, isn't this what he did with teams when he knew he was going to Denver? Um, yeah, I mean, I understand the power play there. and like why That's totally what he's doing. But more than anything, I think this is just him, you know, having some sort of 
not a responsibility to Jimmy Haslam, but like, yeah, dude, if you want me to come interview, fine, I'll come interview. If you want me to come and try to help you to figure out what that next step should be, fine, I'll do that. But I don't think with any sincerity is he looking at this situation and thinking like, man, I want to be a part no, of No, I, I think he's solely driving up his price. Now, you could make the argument that certain people have it in them. And since he, what he did in Indy was a complete turnaround as a player, do you maybe want to do a complete turnaround as an executive? Maybe. You can make the argument that there are certain people in business, unless it's a huge challenge, don't want it. Yeah, but I just don't feel like you're in that situation in the sense of when you went to Indy, you get 13 picks next year. You literally had no other option at that point because you were still proving yourself. Well, and you're being dragooned. Like you got, I mean, you got dragged to Indy. Now, now you you've proven yourself. I don't know why you would want to put an anchor on your ankle. You know what I mean? Like now you're trying to carry this thing uphill too. Again, though, if you fix it, I mean, if you fix it. Now, there's a lot of ifs in that sentence, John. Right, right. You know, only one if in that sentence, June. But, like, there's a lot of ifs in that sentence. But if you fix it, I, I, I mean, but again, what do you win? You're already a Hall of Famer. I mean, Paul, but, you know, nobody's going to argue that Peyton Manning's a Hall of Fame player, no, right? Like, no. nobody's arguing that. So you already get that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's ego, Right. I mean, yes, there's an option there, but I mean, you could just put yourself in better, better situations. And I, 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 if, I agree. If you could, if you can drag, if you could drag a team that's mediocre in the Tennessee Titans across the line, you're still solidifying your argument. It's a lot easier to start, you know, on second base than it is trying trying to start with the Cleveland Browns. So I'm being told Elway did it in Denver, and you're right, sort of. I mean, he just paid for a defense in Denver. But look at Elway. Elway's a perfect example. There's there's a Hall of Fame quarterback who hasn't been able to pick a quarterback. And, and Can't do it. Worth noting, John Elway, a Denver Broncos legend, and you had a sense of responsibility to that organization where, like, had hey, businesses right. in Denver, had ties to the community, right? I want to be a part of this. Why the hell does Peyton Manning want to come be a part of this? Because Jimmy Haslam, and that's the thing, too. Is Are like, they that tight? Well, that's, yo, know, yeah, I mean, they're buddy buddy. Are they? Sure. I didn't know that. Well, and with that, it's like, I don't trust Jimmy Haslam in the sense of, like, look at all the other crap you put on my plate. So now I'm going to trust you to put Peyton Manning in here? Well, isn't what Jimmy Haslam's PR team going to tell you is that they, they put all that other crap on your plate because they couldn't get Peyton when they wanted him and now they can. I mean, that's what they're going to, that's how they're going to spin it. I don't know if it's true. I was going to say, I don't know if that gives me any faith. Like, I, I, I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but sure, like. I mean, if you do fix the Browns organization, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's the Vietnam of the NFL, dude. Like, if you pull it out of that tailspin, I don't know, I mean, you're respect, although Peyton Manning's already respected forever. I think all he's doing is driving up his price so he can go to Tennessee and do that, where you already have Marcus Mariota. You already have the makings of a little bit of a team going on down there. Where if you just put a few more pieces around Marcus, look, he came back last night, won that game last night. If you put a few more pieces around him, who knows? I think that's what he's doing. I think he's solely driving up his value. And the delusion of the Cleveland Browns fans who are like, oh, this is it. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, guys, if if you think that a hypothetical new general manager ahead of football operations is like, well, now that we've gotten that taken care of. I I do think Peyton wants, I mean, he's expressed interest in a front office job. And I think he knows it's something Brady won't do. And so I think it's a way he thinks he can beat Brady. 
And that's another reason why I think he wants to go to a franchise that's a little bit more stable versus this mess that's here. Is because he wants to end the, the, the Peyton versus Brady conversation. And you can only do that by being a master at a GM position. And I think you can only do that in an organization that's stable, that knows what to do. And I don't think that that's the Cleveland Browns right now. I just don't think that that's who they are. Fair assessment. A cemetery has offended a lot of local and, well, veterans pretty much from everywhere. We'll tell you how they did it next on the Stansbury Show. 06.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We're going to pass out these Black Label Society tickets here momentarily. They're playing with Corrosion of Conformity at the Goodyear Theater in February. We'll get you in here shortly. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you'll need on those. Fantone have also made a movement in New Tour Tuesday this morning at 9 o'clock. We are going to scrap the Nada Surf. We're going to get rid of that song, and uh, I have got my hands on new A Perfect Circle. Now we can expect a revolt from the Not A Surf faithful out there, the, the millions and millions of fans they have just clamoring for new Not A Surf. Yeah, we'll find out how just how not popular <laughs> they are, actually, when nobody complains. But right, I, I, I figured a perfect circle was a much better choice. More of a fastball down the middle for like what it is our audience, I believe, enjoys more. So we'll let you take a listen to New A Perfect Circle during New Tour Tuesday. I saw this story this morning, and I can't figure out why anybody would do this. I, I can't figure out where the win is. But in Ripman, Ohio, the Ohio Western Reserve National Cemetery in Ripman is the final resting place of thousands of men and women who have served this country. And so a lot of vets will come to the cemetery to pay their respects to, you know, their brothers in arms. And I can totally understand that. Now, Ritman, not exactly close, but at the same time, not exactly far. So it's one of those things that I think people kind of lose perspective on that that is right there. Right. You know yeah, I mean? that's totally true. All right. And so in the cemetery, they had what was referred to as the battlefield cross, which right. if you don't know, is a pair of boots, has the rifle in between the boots and then the helmet hanging on top of the rifle. And they've removed it. They've taken it out of the Ohio Western Reserve National Cemetery. And people are outraged. Vietnam veteran Bill Overton told Fox 8 News, it's a great honor that your comrades recognizing you, what you did, who you are. You're a brother. You're a member of this military. Overton and other members of his VFW post out there in Strongsville were outraged when they learned that the Department of Veterans Affairs, which runs the cemetery, had removed a battlefield cross because of a complaint that it included the depiction of a realistic looking gun. And I understand. I mean, it does. It's it's absolutely. That's what it is. It's a, it's a, a depiction of a realistic looking gun, but I mean, people understand that that's what's used in, in these matters, right? I would hope. I mean, like, yes, I I would think that people understand that those guns are are real. I I think in this case, that the image of the gun drives home the serious nature of this subject. And that I could argue that maybe you need it so people don't lose perspective on what's really happening. I, I do not know the answer to this. I don't know if you will either. I'm sure somebody out there will. Is that like the Battlefield Cross? Is that something that you get as an honor? Is it like, well, you were killed in duty. That's why you got the Battlefield Cross? That I, I don't know I, the I history. Don't know, I, don't know, I, don't know I wish I knew the history. Though. I do not know the history on that. As a matter of fact, I know a guy who's listening. Jay did serve this country, takes these matters pretty seriously. I'm sure he may know. Jay, will you tweet Wait me and somebody. let me know that? 
Fox 8 spoke with the administrator of the cemetery who told the news that the removal of the battlefield cross was a result of a guidance from Veterans Affairs Headquarters in Washington. The policy then, uh, Fantone, applies to all cemeteries operated by Veterans Affairs. Now, other uh, again, other vets had said, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they don't know anything about our country, our history. They don't even know why we have the right to complain about it. The reason why they have the right is these guys right here. That's why they have the right to, to, to complain about it. And there's an argument there. Obviously, the soldiers are the ones who fight for our freedom that a lot of us take for granted. When asked if banning the battlefield cross would apply to monuments as well, the administrator says, look, it's about three-dimensional depictions of guns. So meaning, I'm, I'm guessing if it's just like an image of a gun on like the headstone, but it's not three-dimensional, okay. that will probably be okay. I don't agree with this at all. I think this is a terrible decision by all parties involved. This is one of those times where I let vets decide. Well, but like if it's appropriate, it's your cemetery. If you feel like it's appropriate, then it's appropriate. I guess a big part of the problem and why maybe I'm a little bit confused or a little bit on the fence about this is like when you say, well, we'll let vets decide this is coming down from veterans affairs. This isn't coming down from like Hillary Clinton didn't like write this order out and say, yo, we're taking this Yeah, that's a fair point. You know what I mean? Like this is coming from the VA and now. Yeah, but I feel like it's them cutting things off at the pass. Now, I know that there's plenty of complaint about the VA and I know there's plenty of people who are like, dude, it's the most inefficient thing on the face of the planet. I don't know enough, but I do hear that. Right. And that's the thing is I don't know. I don't have personal experience with this and I don't know if I necessarily like have enough perspective on it to really make a call on whether they're doing the right thing because like i mean what's has the va came out with a statement or other or others you know nationals? i have not seen one bill overton though again from v from the vfw in strongsville says i have yet to meet a soldier that is not upset over this they're trying to change our history and we're not going to let them do it uh, I, I, again, I just I, I don't know about enough about the beginnings of the battlefield cross to really know. But it seems to me like every vet that not that I've heard from so far. Obviously, a lot of people who listen to the program have served this country. Not all of you are, are writing in right now, but everybody that I'm reading so far says, "Yeah, man, I'm not wild about this." I'm, not, I'm just trying to think of like. It's different because it's a cemetery, but I guess it's at still public grounds in the sense of like it's a national cemetery. It's not a privately owned cemetery. This is like a, you know, it's funded by taxpayer dollars. I guess that's what kind of makes it a little different because I think if you wanted to just do this in a normal cemetery, of course they have the right to do that. If the cemetery says, yeah, you can do that, then why wouldn't you be able to? But I'm like, surprised the Veterans Affairs headquarters in Washington decided to do this right. over a complaint. Like, I really am surprised by is that. It over a complaint that somebody, I mean, yeah, okay. They they, they say, um, yeah, they the, the, there were complaints, and so the veteran it came down from a guidance from Veterans Affairs headquarters in Washington. The policy will now apply to all cemeteries operated by the Veterans Affairs. Meaning, I'm not even sure it was this cemetery they got the complaint. I don't know that for sure, but they did say there were complaints about battlefield crosses, and so they're addressing it as an issue. Um, yeah, that is vets deciding, I guess, but I don't. This may be going too far. And, and and I always get nervous when I'm talking about these things because I didn't serve this country and I respect people who did. Um, and I always talk about this. My dad served in Vietnam, did not like to talk about it a lot. But I just, there's certain things where it's like, I don't really understand why this is important, the battlefield cross. Like, I don't. I really don't. But if I served, I'm I'm willing to bet I would. And so I don't this and like I said, this may be going too far, but in some level, is this our military backing down? Uh, 
I, like I said, I don't want to go too far. I really don't. I really don't. But I mean, is that how vets are taking this? Maybe that's how they're perceiving it. Is that is that it's the military giving way to, but but giving way to who? Like I guess it's just like why why would you back down in this situation? This is your decision to make. This is your you know this you're the VA. I I, I guess I don't. I, I, once again, I don't know the layout of the VA enough. Is this private civilians making these decisions, or is this ex military members, or is this like I just don't know. I don't know the power structure. Jay Rodin says the battlefield cross is made by the soldier's boots, weapon, and helmet that have died and used to memorialize him or her. Now the photo I'm showing isn't the actual boot. I think they make a mold, right? Yeah, well, and I think I think what that is is probably um, they say you can have it up during the ceremony. Once the ceremony's over, you got to take it down. It cannot be a, like a remaining feature of the resting place. To me, in the way that I interpreted it when I looked at it was like you know, and Jay says something about his uncle serving in Korea. Like, let's say you're in Korea, you die out on the field. They can't get your body back to America. They can't get you a headstone. So, what would you use as a headstone? That you would, would use be a- somebody's boots. The gun they had and the helmet, and, which I like, and that looks appropriate to me. So Mallory's, uh, you know, offering the opinion that maybe what it is, it's just a little too real for grieving mothers and children who have to who uh, go. Okay, but, again, uh, I'm not in that struggle. And I often do try to make room for, like, you know, veterans' families and things like that. I think that's a very underserved part of of our patriotism is, like, is their family, their kids, and all that. But they know that it's real. If your dad died in, in Iraq, you already know that it's real. That I, I don't think that a, a, a plastered gun is going to be the thing that upsets you. My father didn't die in the war. I want to be real clear about that. But I did lose a parent, and nothing was going to make me cry any more or less. The, the day was the day. Now, again, those are different circumstances. So right. I'm not, I can't, I, I can't spread that over there. I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, give you a little insight as to how I felt that day. Um, yeah, again, now Jake's telling me just because the Veterans Affairs made the decision to remove the rifle doesn't mean it was an actual vet that made the decision. Okay. And, and that, that could possibly be true. I, uh, it just seems to me people who have served this country feel very strongly about this, which means it's something about, and I, I don't want to upset anybody here, about the brotherhood of it. I understand women serve too, but I, something about the unity of that, of serving your country that way with, 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 with people who start out as strangers but then become family by the time you're end up doing that, they feel very strongly about it. And so for that, I, I think if it were up to me, I would have left it alone. I would have absolutely left that 100% alone. We will say goodbye to Mr. Leahy and pass out those Black Label Society tickets next on The Stansberry Show. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You know what i got to make you aware of starting this Monday, this coming Monday? Between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Rock 106.9, you can win $1,000 once an hour. Smart. The $1,000 bribe starts this coming Monday. Cash money. 6 a.m. with our program. Nice. It's smart. That is, dude. Bribery's always good. Of all the things we give away, it's like, dude, concerts and and, and, and monster truck rally tickets and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's all good and fine. Money. Cash. Money's important. It is. They should give us some money. They should. That would be kind of fun. Text in next week. <laughs> we would enjoy it. I'll split it with you. All right. That would be nice. So we're the show, and we always talk about this, that we don't 
we try not to go overboard when like celebrity death happens. Now, I was guilty of this a little bit of going a, maybe a little overboard when Tom Petty died. Like I went, I, you know, we did nothing but play all Tom Petty that morning, and we went a little overboard. And so, if you weren't a Tom Petty fan, you're probably sitting there thinking, "Big old fat hypocrite!" Always tells me I'm a sissy because somebody died and I care. Now Tom Petty dies, and now he's like running off at the mouth about it. I'm gonna stand up for you here, dude. I don't. Now, dude, you start a podcast, then you can bitch about whoever <laughs> dies, right? But like, I don't think it's so much about. Um, it's when you act like every celebrity death has mattered to you in the world, right? I think you can I have. Agree. Think you can have three celebrities that you felt like were important to you, and other than that, it's just like, all right, so you know. Well, thank God America's got a short-term memory, so when, <laughs> when I do it again, they'll be like, yeah, I, I, well, like, maybe when, that's when, what... when Gene Simmons dies, I will fully expect you to make a big deal out of that. But when the mom from Everybody Loves Raymond dies, I'm not necessarily going to cut you a break. No, on that's that. fair. I. Uh... Or which, Paul that you care about Which most, member, right? I, well, I was just doing yeah. that. I was like, I wonder which member of KISS I would care more about dying. Maybe Ace, just because of, you know what I mean, his coolness factor. But whatever, it, that's besides <laughs> the point. Nobody cares. Stan's very coming no. out coolest members of KISS Nobody list. cares, right? <laughs> so there's a show on Netflix that's like wildly popular, and I don't watch it. And people swear to me I'm going to like it. And then I watched like three episodes of it, and I just didn't get it. Like, I just don't get it. And it's Trailer Park Boys. And I know I just lost, like, a lot of you right there. Because so many people are into this show. So I get that I'm the anomaly. And I'm not sitting up here saying this show sucks. I'm saying it's not for me. I didn't care for it. I would not recommend this show to you. It's not Stansberry humor. And, like, that's okay. Like, there's some things that just don't click with certain people. Yeah, this is not clicked for me. Uh, Trailer Park Boys, it's very hit or miss for me. I like it. I watch it. Um, but it can be wildly funny or it can be like, oh my god, dude, another one of these. Um, my girlfriend always, she will not watch it with me. She's like, that is the dirtiest show. And she doesn't mean like disgusting or vile. She means like, honestly, I feel like I should shower after watching that. Like, look how gross those people are. And I'm like, yeah, there is a point there. Well, I mean, it is about a trailer park, right? I mean, they're trying right. to amp that part up, right? And the older episodes, the newer Netflix ones, I haven't watched. Like, Netflix bought it and started to... I mean, they did a movie, right? Well, they've done multiple movies. They've gone out on tours. They've done all that. But, like, the old ones that were actually, like, filmed in Canada and not for Netflix, those have, like, that grittiness that's kind of cool. The newer ones... The realness. It's a little too HD. It's a little too, like, scripted. It's a little too, like, produced for, for, for what I expect Trailer Park Boys to be. John Dunsworth died, and he... If I if I have my facts correct here, and again I don't know because I don't watch this show, he was referred to as Mister Leahy on mm-hmm. on the show, and what he was like a drunk. Oh yeah yeah yeah, dude, an alcoholic to say the least, a former police officer, and the current like superintendent of oh is that why yeah is that why he's got the radio on his hip? Mm-hmm. But he was not like one of like when they talk about the trailer park boys. There's always three guys that you see, and he doesn't look like one of those. He's not one of those guys, right? No, there's there's Bubbles, Julian, and Ricky, and those are like the trailer park boys. But he's he's more than a secondary character. Like he's an essential part of the show. So he's in there a lot. All the, almost, I would say, if not every episode, damn well close. Okay, to we it. have a little audio tribute for Mr. Leahy. Let's run that down. Ricky. I'm gathering evidence on you, and I'm going to have you removed from this park one way or another. The old clock's ticking. You know what a rope is, Julian? It's a rope covered with that criminals try to hold on to. You see, kind of acts like grease. The harder you try to climb up, the tighter you try to hold on, the faster you slide down the rope. What's a rope? He's drunk. I don't Are we sliding down some of a Rope? It's okay, Mr. Leahy. Everything's fine. Let's just go to the liquor store. Yeah, I gotta tell you, this sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you. Mr. Leahy! 
ate seven cheeseburgers. Randy, you set up this elaborate charade to cover eating seven cheeseburgers? It, it's not a Stansberry show. What the f*** did I ever do to you? Mr. Lee, is this you talking or the liquor? Randy. Aaron says, you're not alone. I feel like I have a great sense of humor and I don't care for that show at all. I feel like Aaron and I are buddies now. We're one and the same. Little Mr. Leahy tribute there. I know a lot. Of, like I said, it's much like like it's much like wrestling, where I don't care for it, but I know so many people who listen to the show do that we try to give you a little bit of it when we can because I, you know what I mean. Again, the show's for you; it's not for me. And we didn't plan anything else. It was like, all right, some dude died. Bring him in. Deal. <laughs> Deal. I will totally exploit that at 7.45. Let's pass out these Black Label Society tickets. They're playing February, Goodyear Theater, Akron. We'll take caller 17 right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And then next on the Sandsbury Show, we'll play our favorite game, I Can't Believe the President Said That. That's next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Nikki Six will give you your announcement on the iHeartRadio Alter Ego Show. Also pass out a pair of tickets for that program, I believe. For that show, rather. I've seen the set. I've seen the guest list. Yeah. Or the artist list, rather. Right. I've seen it. I can't wait for Nikki to tell you. Okay. Coming up at 9 o'clock. Okay. Also, new Tour Tuesday, new Post Malone, new Luke Combs, and we've dumped the Nada Surf and have decided to go with the new A Perfect Circle song called The Doomed. I, uh, out of the gate, will tell you I'm not a real big fan of A Perfect Circle. Kind of wish we would have stuck with the Not A Surf, but... I love A Perfect Circle. I love Tool. I love A Perfect Circle. I love both those bands. I actually, um... Was it Pussifer's, his his other one? I love that band, too. I like everything Maynard does. So we'll find out if the new A Perfect Circle, The Doomed, is any good today. We're going to play a game now called I Can't Believe the President Said That. And apparently this was yesterday, I believe... And he was being asked about communicating with the grieving family members of soldiers who have died in action and how he goes about doing that, what his modes of communication are for that. And then this happened. Why haven't we heard anything from you so far about the soldiers that were killed in Niger and what do you have to say about uh, I've written them personal letters. Uh, they've been sent or they're going out tonight, but they were written during the weekend. Uh, I will, at some point during the, the period of time, call the parents and uh, the families, because I have done that traditionally. The traditional way, if you look at uh, President Obama and other presidents, most of them uh, didn't make calls. A lot of them didn't make calls. I like to call when it's appropriate, when I think I'm able to do it. Now, this is what I don't get. I think it was like a headline the other day, like he has like lied or like used misinformation like 1500 times or something in like the last like 97 days or something like that. But how could you have the cojones to say something that you know is so blatantly false? It could be disproven with an iPhone while you're still saying it. Why is this any different? I don't, I don't understand it because the, this I can get like when you lie to the, when you lie to the American public about policy, I understand why presidents, all presidents have lied to the American public about policy because they understand we're too fat and stupid and lazy to really understand it. But like this, you know, is not true. Like, you know, that's not true. 
So let me get this straight, dude. You're the first president to call the family members of soldiers who lost their lives in duty? Like, how is that? Like, again, as we were talking about the battlefield cross earlier in the cemetery, how is this not on par with being offensive like that? How is this not the same thing as being offensive as that? I mean, I would like to agree with you, um, and a part of me does. It's just I don't necessarily think it matters. I just don't think that. How could it not matter? I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't. There's been plenty of examples since since this whole thing started where if I've been. Like, I would have said something like that. The public would would honestly would demand I be removed from from my post. If you, I mean, honestly, broadcasters have been yanked out of studios over saying the wrong thing about people serving this country. I mean, the the, the, the thing that, that I question is how is this different? There's been a slew of things that he said that have been demonstrably un- untrue, where you can point to it and say that is not true, and nobody cares. So to me... I don't I'm not shocked by this. I'm not like surprised by this. I don't even feel like this is honestly that much of a needle mover when it comes to the things that go on in the Trump presidency. Further on in the day, a reporter grilled him about what he said and then this happened. All right, Peter, go ahead, Peter. I don't know if he did. No, no, no. Uh, I, I was I was told that he didn't often and a lot of presidents don't. They write letters. I do excuse me, Peter. I do a combination of both. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a very difficult thing to do, but I do a combination of both. Uh, President Obama, uh, I think, probably did sometimes, and maybe sometimes he didn't. I don't know. That's what I was told. All I can, okay. do, all I can do is ask my generals. On uh, the this is what I've been told thing, you're the President of the United States. It's no longer okay for you just to tell me you were told. By whom? I now need the anonymous source name then. This is what I was told by this person. I don't and I was a guy who was critical of President Obama. I was. I was critical of him. I'm critical of people in power. That's just kind of what I do, right? So whoever's leading the country at the time, that's the person I have an issue with because they're making the decisions right now. I don't personally believe Barack Obama did not call family members of soldiers who died in action. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. Every president, no matter how you feel about them, has called family members of of, 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 of lost soldiers. I would assume that's true. Ever since the phone's been invented, I would assume that I, that's true. I asked Fantone this morning off the air, I said, who do you think the last president was that didn't call the family members? He said, I don't know, whoever was president right before the phone got invented. Right? I, I mean... And that's gotta be the true answer. And I mean, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't put this around anyone else. I mean, yes, you 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 gave yourself a buffer zone by saying other presidents, but you specifically pointed out Obama as not doing this. When I mean, I guess we can go back and be like, well, you know, fifty years ago was this commonplace? Did Eisenhower do this? Did maybe you know, they? Well, I mean, letters were probably more prevalent back then, right? But like, as of like modern American presidents, I mean, Obama was it was it was a year ago. Like we we have like tape of him doing this. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can, you, I mean, like, a 20-second search on your phone proves this isn't true. Like, I don't get it. I mean, a 20-second search on your phone, you know, it, it shows that, you know, his 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 turnout to his inaugural parade wasn't the biggest of all time. Yeah, I mean, you can fake news those away. Like, I get, I, I know that it's true, but you can fake news those ones away. You can't fake news this one away. It happened. There's video of it.
I believe now again as a man who was critical of President Obama, like his character in this manner, I think was pretty good. And I would think that, and I don't know this. I'm, I'm just saying this is who I perceived Barack Obama to be while being president. He Obama seemed to me like the guy who makes the call and then afterwards realizes I was just on the phone with a family who lost their thing. So like they don't really want to talk to anybody and then thinks about it some more and then writes a very long form letter to that family. Barack Obama strikes me as that kind of person. Maybe he wasn't, but he struck me as that at least that kind of person. It's it's the doubling down that I think is the most bothersome to me in the sense of like. I just don't feel like he's very self-aware. In, in, in oh, he's not self-aware. The, the lack of self-awareness on Trump is alarming. That is like the big knock. It's just like you can, I guess you could have played your cards differently here, kind of made your point and said like, hey, I'm doing this. But for whatever reason, it's like, no, I'm doubling down on what was wrong. I'm saying that, that nope, well, I can only go with what off the generals told me. Ignorance, I don't think, is necessarily much of an excuse for the president of the United States of America. Now, if you're John Q. Public out there and you don't know something, I guess it's like, well, dude, he... You Welcome know, to real life. Right, right. But you're the president of the United States of America. Also, in presidential news, I heard about this, where people are starting to talk about how Trump will kind of like mock Pence's religious beliefs, Mike Pence's religious beliefs. And I guess they recount the stories of anti-Catholic prejudice that Pence faced as a child. He'll he'll bring that up. A Pence uh, spokeswoman, Alyssa Farah, said to the New York piece contains false statements and is some of the reasons the public is turning against the press because one of the things that they were saying here is that a, a reporter is saying that during, I guess during a meeting, about LGBTQ, you know, standards in this country or whatever, that the president joked, well, don't ask that guy. He pointed to Pence and says he wants to hang them all. Jeez. Like, jeez. That's not, that's not something you joke about in a meeting full of people. Like, dude, even if a tape of that came out and they, it was like the staff joking with one another, we're like, well, you know, you can't ask Mike. Mike wants to hang them all. That would be bad enough. That would be bad enough. But to say it, to a room full of people that had where there's outsiders in the room and you don't know that the backlash of that is going to be monumental that to me is a little alarming as a guy as a guy who told you during the entire election oh relax it's the president you, you know what i mean your local government is what affects your life more and this and that i got to be honest with you i didn't vote for i didn't vote for donald trump i did not but when he got elected i thought to myself well, and I said during the election, I kind of want to see a year of it as a guy who gets paid to tell you what's going on in the world. I kind of want to see a year of it, but I'll be honest with you. I thought it was going to be funnier than this. Like, I thought it was going to be funny. And there's not a lot. Dude, this, neither one of these is funny. No. and Not a lot has been funny. God knows I never want to talk President Trump. That's just my, I, I guess it's like a little bit of like cowardness in me where it's like, dude, it's just easier to put my head in the sand when it comes to this stuff. Because you, you say there, like, how did you not know there's going to be monumental backlash to this? I'm saying I don't think there will be monumental backlash Maybe there to this. Won't. I don't think there's going to be any backlash to any of this. Now, a, a guy who listens to us, Robbie, listens every day, he's very dedicated, tweeted in and said, I only received a letter from President Obama not saying that he did not call some other higher profile situations. Okay. All right. Well, that's, did, I mean, that's Rob's personal story. There. What did you receive a letter from? I believe a family member oh, okay. of his. He served, too, but I believe a family okay. member of his died in action and says that they got a letter from President Obama. Okay. 
All right. Well, there you go. I mean, I didn't know that. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's every. I don't think it's every soldier. I mean, there's times you've got you know a thousand plus soldiers dying over the course of a year. I don't know if it's going to be every single soldier is going to get a phone call there. But to say that he never did it, I, that that's that's where it's erroneous. I have a lot of people throwing the Benghazi thing in my face oh, now. Lord. You know, do they call them and those family members still claim it's, you know, you know, that they were lied to. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know everything about that situation. But is it, it? But I know this. Donald Trump is not the first president to pick up the phone and call grieving family members of a, of a soldier who died in action. That is not true. That is fundamentally not true. And. You know, I, I used to be okay. I, I used to be one of these people. It's like who would tell you, dude? Of course, the government lies to you, and sometimes they lie to you to keep you safe. This lie had nothing to do with keeping us safe. Nothing, and that's why I'm not all right with it. Sometimes it's the government's job to deceive me and to deceive you, so we can keep like state secrets and we can do that stuff and we can operate the way we need to. Sometimes it's absolutely paramount that they lie to us. This was not one of those situations, and that's why it kind of bothers me. And I think it is a little disrespectful of every other person who served that office. And did it somewhat well. Not just Obama, but everybody before him, too. I don't know. It's just that's that's a I don't know. When I heard that yesterday, I was like, I can't even believe that. Like everybody in the front row of that press conference knows that's not true. It's crazy to me. That was weird. That was a very weird. I, I that was one of those head scratching moments yesterday where I was like, I cannot believe the president just said that. I can't believe that. I got bad news for women. Horrible news for women. And we'll give it to you next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here. Morning. Oh, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Starting this Monday, 6 a.m., you can win yourself $1,000 every hour between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Rock 106.9. Doing the Rock 106.9, basically just, I think they're just calling it the money bribe. <laughs> I, we're very creative here at Rock 106. 6-9. We, uh, we got our finger on the pulse of things. But starting Monday, 6 a.m., you can win yourself $1,000. That's the thing, though, is I don't think people even care. You put $1,000 on it, you could call it the, the the payday, double pay, giveaway, whatever, and people are like, dude, I don't care. Just give me $1,000. That's probably true. That is probably true. We have a pair of tickets for the Forest of Screams in Medina. We'll pass those out here momentarily. one 800 243 765, the number you need on those. I have bad news for women, Phantom. All right. It turns out, now this was a very small study. I have to admit that. This was a very small study. But this study found that men like hanging out with their bros more than their like female counterparts, like wife or girlfriend there. According to a new study, they say here, researchers believe that men find bro time to be more satisfying than girlfriend time. Apparently, what this comes down to, and I would have had this backwards, is that men feel as if they don't have to pretend to be super macho and tough. They say if you're watching with a scary, like if you're like right now, you're watching a scary movie, right? right. Maybe it's that time of year, right? So if you're watching a scary movie with your girl, you need to have nerves of steel, they say, and comfort her, even if you're scared yourself. But when you're watching it with your bro, they say you can totally like be afraid and be like scared. And I think it's a complete opposite. I think like my my friends would make fun of me more. Yeah. For, for sure being afraid would. of things than my girlfriend would, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the one of the parts about being in a relationship is the vulnerability aspect where it's like you can be a different version of yourself with her than you can with anyone else on the face of the planet, where so many other times you do have to step up into the role that you're assumed to be in, whether that's being brave during a scary movie or whatever. Um, but with your girlfriend, you have inside jokes and you have all these little things. And you know what I mean? So, no, I, I, I don't I don't know if I buy that either. I now I, I it all depends on the woman, I suppose, because there are women there are women who would look at their like boyfriend maybe crying during like a chick flick and be like oh my god dude what are you not a man and then there are other women who would look at you and be like oh my god he's so in touch with his feminine side and i like it and it's like now we're this we do we might as well crochet together like there are there are women who view it both ways like i remember all right so i was laying on the couch one night with with my ex-girlfriend natalie and i was crazy about natalie Mm -hmm. And we were kind of doing this spooning thing on the couch, and she was in front of me, and I was like laying behind her, and we were watching Marley and Me, that movie about that damn dog. Right. And I'm a dog person, right? Right. And so, in the, towards the end of that movie, like she could, like she couldn't see me obviously because she was laying in front of me, but she's like she could feel my body. She's like, "Oh my god, you big sissy, are you crying right now?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's sad." <laughs> And I like, like let it out, and she did. She like had an issue. She was like, you know, let's let's man up a little. Bit. Does, does Marley die at the end of that? He dies at the oh, end. Oh yeah, of that, they right? got to bury Marley. Okay, all right. I, I don't know. I've never seen that movie. Um, oh, that's a great movie. I, uh, I, I mean, Dude, you're not even an American. How could you not see Marley and me? Well, there it is. The terrorists have finally. They won. have Faith one. Hasn't seen it. There it is. Proof collusion. That's a great movie. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a crier at movies or anything like that, but like. I, I, I think this is no duh in the situation of like when you ask guys, who do you want to hang out with, your wife or your boys? And of course you're going to be like, yeah, I want to hang out with the bros, want to do it. But like if you had to live that lifestyle, if you had to bro it up every single day, you would hate your friends, absolutely despise them. Oh, like, God, I got to tell you, when I'm in, I'm not in a relationship now, but a lot of times when I'm in a relationship now, nowadays, and I'm hanging out with my guy friends, most of the time I'm sitting there going, dude, I just kind of uh, want to go home to my girlfriend, uh, dude. Right. And I and dude, I think a lot of times guys blame not being able to hang out with their buddies on their girlfriend because it's a scapegoat. And secretly, secretly, they're just lazy and don't really want to go. There is a little bit of that. Like, I know the new thing is like, well, Saturdays are for the boys where you go get drunk with your buddies from high school or whatever. And that's uh, cool. But like, that's just Saturdays. Now put Monday, Tuesday, Monday through Friday for the boys. And you're out there drinking every night and you're not, you know, you're not moving forward in life like you want to. Nobody wants to live that lifestyle if you're 23 fine but like once you grow up and like once you kind of move forward in life honestly guys when i hang out with my buddies all they do is bitch about their wives and kids i I think to myself i said like i might as well just be at home with with my wife and my kids that i don't have i might as well just be if i have to hear about your wife and kids maybe i should just get my own this weekend one of my buddies is essentially having a a divorce party i guess is the best thing that we could call it yeah my buddy rodney did that too and they're fun uh, what's what's gonna happen is we're all going out into like this cabin and we're all you know he was like dude i just want to get the boys back together want to make it happen we're going to get hammered like it's the early 2000s and i'm like okay i'm in on that but i know 
that come, midway through the first night, everybody's going to want to go home. Well, you, and that's the thing is we're Friday, Saturday, and then coming home on Sunday. Oh. Come Sunday, dude, I am going to be just dying to leave. I am going to be like, and you know me, I get up early in the morning, so everyone else is going to be sleeping in. Your boy's going to be on the road 445 in the morning. Are you driving like, separately? Peace out. Yeah, because I don't want to get stuck there with like with like the bros where it's going to turn out. And I know what it's going to be, too. You've brought this up at bachelor parties before. These dudes all live a life where they've got a wife and they've got kids and they've got Oh, everybody's going to max out. Max out. Max, max out. Dude, I kind of want to go. And I'm standing over here. I'm I don't standing, even know these dudes. My, you know, my girlfriend, if I if my girlfriend came home today from work and I was drunk on the couch, she'd be like, yeah, whatever, dude. I don't care. Like, yeah, because it's not a daily occurrence, right, so she's not going to freak out. Right. So, like, I have all the room in the world to, like, do what I want with my life. So if I wanted to, you know, if I wanted to drink and drug and go do the whole thing, my girlfriend would be like, yeah, fine, idiot. Get out of the house. I don't care. But their wives are all like, no, you can't do that. You got to do this. You got to do this. So they're going to have this one weekend out of the year to blow it all off where I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Oh, so uh, yeah. I'm excited for this weekend, but at the same time, I am very much like nervous about so it. So it's like a cabin in the woods? Yeah, dude. And that's the thing, too. Is I'm Everybody's like, hammered. There's no chicks? And that's what I said. I'm like, well, are we going to strip clubs? What are we doing? Are we going to be in? And they're like, no, dude, we're just going just going to go like fish and shoot guns. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll come, too. <laughs> Dude, two of your buddies are going to masturbate each other. I'm just, I'm just telling you, dude. I'm just telling you. Secretly, it's going to be like, yeah, I hate my wife. So do I. One of them's going to look like he's skiing, right? Just, dude, I'm telling you, that's going to be brutal. We have a pair of tickets for Forest of Screams and Medina. Let's pass those out. We'll take caller 15 one 243 7625 on those. Fantone Netflix is doing huge, huge numbers. Wait till you hear this. Next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Nikki Six will let you know who's playing iHeartRadio's Alter Ego Festival. He'll let you know uh, all about that. We'll also then be kicking off New Tour Tuesday, new Post Malone featuring 21 Savage, new Luke Combs, and a new A Perfect Circle. All part of that. Uh, Facebook's getting my back, Fantone. I admitted right. uh, before the break that uh, during the movie Marley and me, once upon a time, I was on the couch with my girlfriend, my then girlfriend, and I like cried in the middle of it. She could feel like my body shaking, like as I was like whimpering on the couch while watching Marley and me. So I totally admitted it. And Facebook's got my back. They said, "Because hey, I, dude, I'll, t- I'll tell you another one. I am legend. When Will Smith's got to like snap that dog's neck, every time it gets me. Every single time it gets me." I remember, like, the first time I saw I Am Legend, I was with my brother. And my brother's one of these guys who talks during the movie. And so, like, I hate Jeez. going. Oh, yeah, no, he's a total movie talker. Wow. Yeah, no, total movie talker. And I hate going to the movies with him. And so when I go home for, for Christmas, he's going to say, let's go to the movies. I know it. And I'm going to be like, all right. And I'm going to begrudgingly go, even though he's going to talk to me during the whole damn thing. But, like, I remember. So he and I were in Vegas, and we were watching I Am Legend. And he snaps that dog's neck. And I just like started to like, you know, like where you're not crying, but like, like, you know, the the water's coming out of the eye just a little. I'm just like fighting it back. And my brother, again, O'Doyle rules, like like punches me in the arm. He's like, what are you crying, sissy? I was like, dude, it's sad. He just had to like snap that dog's neck. I'm not a fan of that. People are telling me whatever you do, do not watch a dog's purpose. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I I haven't seen it. With Dennis Quaid, I believe. I think that movie got like a bunch of flack though because they said that the uh, the dog got hurt. The dogs were being abused. So. They, they, I, I think I ended up finding out that that ended up not being true during oh. the filming of that movie. That, that they ended up disproving that. But dude, you, the amount of guys 
writing in and tell me that they cried during Marley and Me would blow you over, I think. Um, I am a little surprised on that just because, like, I don't think I've cried at a movie as an adult, like a work of fiction, like a TV show or a movie. Well, but... again, dude, Marley and Me's not a work of fiction. That story happened. Uh, I mean, but still a movie. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, still a movie. So I, I just, I, I don't, I, maybe, I, maybe I just missed that part of, like, empathy where I just don't. Connect with well, with did stuff. you like black coffee too? You could be a serial killer. It's I'm gonna possible. be honest with you, dude. You might, it's you possible. might be. You got a you got a weird sense of like pride in yourself from which nobody can understand where it comes from. You drink black coffee yeah. and you refuse to cry. Yeah. And honestly, I, I put on this I put on you're this a front, homicidal maniac. This front of being a good person to cover it all up, dude. I and yeah, you be. hate people. I could be a murderer. I'm telling you, dude. I think Fantone's a mass murderer. It's possible. Can, can neither confirm nor deny. Cindy says, I cried during the movie Turner and Hooch. I did too as a kid. Not going to lie. I don't know if that one would get me as an adult. Well, if you're nine. <laughs> okay. Again, no. I think people think like I'm like this big, like evil, hardened dick. And honestly, I'm a total easy cry at a movie. Like I'm a very easy cry at a movie. Sometimes like I'll just be watching TV commercials and like Jeez. something will get me. And I'll be like, God. You man up, you puss. Like, there's sometimes it just gets me. Stansberry watching like a hot cocoa commercial. The dad comes in, puts his arm around the sun. Dude, look at him. He loves him. It's nice. <laughs> I like it. I remember that. Yeah. So, Netflix is continuing their domination of the world. Okay. The online delivered television provider, listen to, the, listen to this, has already now just added another five and a half million new subscribers from July to September. Wow. That's 850,000. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. 850 million in the U.S. and 4.5 million internationally. Now they have a total of. Uh, 800, it that can't be, be right. Can't no, be 850 million in no, the U.S. That can't be right. I was going to say, there's the, 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 that, that, no, that, that's not right. Okay. 850,000. They do have this wrong. This is a misprint by WKYC. Four and a half million internationally. It brings their total base to 109 million people total is who's watching Netflix. Okay. That is massive. Um, massive. Hey, I, I can't believe they added that many people on this late in the game. I think at this point, if you wanted Netflix, you would already have Netflix. I'm surprised they're putting up new numbers like that. Now, if it's just like, hey, we have this many people, sure. But much like Facebook, I can't assume Facebook's adding a lot right now. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone you've already You've reached has mass. It. Right. Yeah, you've, re- you've, right. you've reached critical mass there. Um, yeah, I guess what it is is probably is that Netflix grows into newer areas, right? And then opens up where they weren't before. I know Canada like, okay. had to wait a while before they could okay. get it. I'm assuming maybe that's what some of that is. Again, I, we kind of told you about this yesterday. Dude, Mindhunter on Netflix is so Good. I'm like six episodes in now. It's so good. Even with all those all those uh, subscribers, I'm still surprised that Netflix is able to produce the amount of content that it does just based on like TV shows are expensive. Like you can put a radio show together for nothing. Welcome to the Stansberry Show. But I mean, like TV shows are legit very expensive to do. So I, I, I guess it, we'll see long term how long they can sustain this success. It just to me feels like inevitably there's going to be like, damn, dude, we don't have any money. I just think 
Well, I, I don't know, man. If you get 109 million people paying for something, right? Like, then all of a sudden, I think that that's how they keep the price low, I would imagine. Well, and, and, but you've got all those different TV shows, movies that you're producing, that you're making. You're paying Adam Sandler a, a, just a ridiculous amount a of money. A ton of money. You, you have to think, like, it's not like production companies give you these movies for free. You know, the stuff that you that you have out there, that's a cost associated with all that. To me, the business model just doesn't add up. But if they have the numbers, I guess, what does it matter what I think? I think it's just more and more people are coming into it. The cut the cord um, thing seems to be catching on more and more. Again, I I was tossing the coin on it again the other day because, again, I was watching TV yesterday and I was like, I'm not even watching TV. I'm watching my Netflix, which I pay for, and I have the internet. Like, what am I paying? Like, every, like, couple of days, I'll pull up my, like, my DVR or whatever the hell they call it now, and I'll look at it like, yeah, I I recorded all this stuff. I'm not going to watch any of it. Erase, erase, erase. Sometimes I think I record things just to get off on erasing them without watching them or deleting them. Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. I think Netflix is a, you're right, it's a hell of a service for what you pay. You know, for $10 a month, it's unbelievable. It's pro- It's the best streaming option of all things for the price. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But 109 million subscribers worldwide. Wait till I hurt me. Here's that. Jeez. <laughs> the, the, they're going to be like, wait a minute, our you numbers are better. Our numbers are better. Wait, you think those are good? Ours are better. Speaking of which, Nikki Six will clue you in. On iHeartMedia's, iHeartRadio's rather, Alter Ego Show, and then we will start New Tier Tuesday next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here from North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. North Canton Collision is an insurance claim specialist, and they repair every make and every model. And they also have state-of-the-art paint technology. So no matter what type of accident you've been in, they can get your car back in pristine shape. Call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason for a no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171 or find them online at NorthCantonCollision.com for more information. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. All my brothers got that gas and they always be smoking like a rock star. I have a hard time understanding rappers nowadays. I just feel like they're all so slurry, like, this is and I guess maybe back in the day it was the same way and I just didn't care as much, but nowadays I'm just like, what, what did you say? Yeah, no, they, I, I mean, I know Snoop was making fun of it, like, they all sound like that now, like, they all do it, and it's so everybody sounds the same. What? I don't even know what he said. Well, that was gunfire. Yeah. Switch my whip, came back in black. I'm starting saying recipes of Hey, Close that door, we blowing smoke. She asked me light a fire like a Marsan. Now, is that 21 Savage there? No, I believe this is. Yeah, this is, this is 21 Savage. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. It was legendary through a TV. I don't know what I'm on Good God. Somebody rap. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're a minute into this song. I've been, I've been popping, popping, man, I feel just like a rock star. 
ah, dude, I get mean, to something. Right. Like, you got to understand, you're wasting people's time. And do they think people have, like, the patience for that? Because they don't. Not at all. I mean, dude, now more than ever, people are like, nope, doesn't work for me. Moving, swiping Fast. left, swiping left. It's don't about, want it. I, I think radio has figured out it's under 20 seconds. When you guys change the station, it's under 20 seconds that you decide whether or not you're sticking or not. And, I mean, dude, if you're Post Malone, you're an unknown guy. Like, dude, get to it. I mean, you and I are huge hip-hop fans, and we're both like, what is happening? I don't know much about 21 Savage either. I don't know much about that person. Like, this song's already halfway over, and literally nothing has happened. Yeah, that's weird. Been in the hills, superstars feeling like a pop star. Drinking in the bed, jumping in the pool, and I ain't got on no bra. Get her front of back, pulling on the tracks, and now she's screaming out, no more. Dude, if you're all high on Molly, though, you know what I mean? And like, that's what all that, that's what the, that whole generation's doing. They're all just all like all pilled out. They're all just like high on Adderall, running around. I'm now, sure it sounds great. Now listen, I'm not going to say that you know drugs don't have a serious you know it changes how music sounds. There's no question oh, for about sure. it. And a lot of people say that's the best part of doing drugs is like well, but like still I can I, I I've been high as hell before and it's not like all of a sudden crappy songs. I'm like okay, well that's pretty good. It's like dude, just go listen to something actually decent. You're gonna be blown away. I mean the right? guy's got a decent voice, but this is not. I, I, I don't know. This is not doing it for me. Now, again, I don't know. Is that Post Malone right there? I, I don't know. I think that's 21. I don't know. I was going to say, man, because I mean, not, you know, and I'm not going to say what people sound like. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting myself in trouble. Superstars feeling like a pop star. I feel yeah, like I'm I, 21 Savage because he's saying 20, 20, 20. Okay, I, dude, I feel like I'm 300 years old right now because <laughs> like, I don't know who this is. I was feeling like a pop star. Drinking in the bed, jumping in the pool, and I ain't got on no bra. Get her front of back, pulling on the tracks, and now she's screaming out no more. They're just both saying what the other one said. So 20, 20. I don't I don't get it. Um I as I've gotten older, I have definitely found even in rap songs that I used to like, um, or that you know I do like and I you know from my past, if your rap song is exclusively about your sexual prowess, I really don't care about that song anymore. Yeah, you're getting older. I, I, I don't I mean I still like drugs, I still like violence, I still like that aspect of like rap music, but when it comes to like, yeah, I'm banging bad bitches, I'm like, alright, I don't care. Yeah, you're getting older. The beat had a lot of potential. They like savage, why you got a twelve car garage and you only got six cars? I ain't with the cake and how you kiss that. Your wifey say I'm looking like a whole snap. Green honey's in my safe, I got old racks. LA's always asking where to get. Living like a rock star, smash out on a cop car. Sweeter than a pop tart, you know you are not hard. I didn't make the hot chart. Remember I used to chop hard. Living like a rock star, I'm living like a rock star. No, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that coming. I mean, dude, this guy's like one of the biggest things going right now in like the underground scene. 
and the, and the the up and comer thing. Like, dude, Post Malone's like one of the biggest things out there, and this is what it is. And you would think that. Well, I, I'm telling you, most of his songs aren't this. Most okay. of it's beer bongs and Bentleys. Like, that's like his okay. thing. All right, but I don't know why you would figure. All right. You've reached some level of underground success. You're selling out the Agora, you know, you're, you're doing yeah. stuff. All right, let's get a real let's get a real song out so we can put it on the radio, and that's what you're going to come with? Yeah, I don't know, dude. There's the end of Post Malone's new song featuring 21 Savage called Rockstar Phantom. I feel like we voted all song long, but make it official for me. It's a turn. Um, I, I, like I said at the beginning of this, I'm kind of in the middle with this, dude, but most of his songs are more aggressive, kind of bangers, kind of like, yo, I'm getting effed up in the club, and like, I'm fine with that. Dude, that was just unbelievably boring. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate his delivery or anything. I, I feel like you can hear talent in there somewhere. Um, so I, I'll probably stream more of his stuff this afternoon via my iHeartRadio. I'll create there a Post Malone artist channel yep, via iHeartRadio. I'm not I'm not LeBron James. I, nope. I dude I, I go with iHeartRadio. Good stuff. So uh, so I'm gonna do that and uh, I'll check him out. But that song was a turd. Oh yeah, I did not like it. It's a turd. We have brand new Luke Combs. Country artist, his new song, Beer Can. You're going to get it next on Rock 106.9. Real country. Real country. Meanwhile, dude, he put out a song called Hurricane, which is the one of two is a total pro country song. I don't know what people are talking about. He's no more like real country than anybody else. There's no such thing as that, by the way. Um, and uh, his new song is called Beer Can. Good well, you got to crack it open. Good yeah, Lord, yeah. let's start it over. No, no, dude, hey, no you got to crack it open. You do. <laughs> All right. You got to crack we, it open. Here we go. One time. I love it. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. Okay, get okay. it. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. Okay. It's a forced. Yes, right, it's right, forced. Right. But but that's what it was. Unpaid vacation, and there ain't no way, Jose. I'll waste on, cause there ain't no better feeling than when I pick up a beer can and get to feeling like Superman. Beer can. <laughs> Nothing picks him up like a beer can, buddy. Nothing. I love the sound effect going on. And he says there any flavor, size, or brand. Do beers, because I'm not a craft beer guy. You're you, not. But do you consider those as like flavors of beer? Like, is, Oh, yeah. I okay. think, I, I think that's, that, what it, that's what a lot of people will say about craft beer is that they like something that has a little flavor in it. But like, do you view, but do you like, I mean, I guess like there's a strawberry milkshake and a chocolate milkshake and those are two different flavors. Do you view like a pumpkin beer as like a flavor? Well, pumpkin's 
definitely a flavor. Okay. So yes, that's. I don't think that's the best. I don't think that's the best example of what you're trying to do there. I get where you're going, but yes, because I would say, and again, I'm an IPA person. I'm not necessarily a porter or like a stout person. I like IPAs, but some of them are different. Some of them are have a little bit more citrus in them. Some of them don't. Okay. So they are different. Yeah, I, they're I, different I, flavors. An IPA is a flavor. Especially, of beer? I mean, do we're dissecting a bro country song a little okay. far? All right, all right, all right. I mean, so like, I feel like yes, it, 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 that's totally allowed. Yeah, the point where I can't stand. Don't stand up. No, nothing picks me up like a beer can. Oh, like a beer can. Okay, all right, I got that now. Well, I woke up in one p.m. Introduce myself to my new girlfriend. This guy's telling me this new Tracy Bird sounds really good, and I don't know. Like that must be. I guess maybe. The, I guess Luke Combs sounds like him. I okay. don't know that person, so I don't know. Introduce myself to my new girlfriend. Um, for a country singer, I feel like he's got a like a nice voice for it. Like probably not like the the best voice in the world, but fits his. Yeah, he knows how to use it. I yeah. don't think he's a great singer by any stretch of the imagination, but he knows how to use what he what he has. in the wall in the basement. I ain't got no clue how or who could have made it. Cause there ain't no better feeling than And here we go again. So I pick up a beer can and get to feeling like a song that's a little sadder than we're giving it credit for. It's sad? Well, I feel like the dude's an alcoholic. Like, he's meeting some chick that he slept with last night and he doesn't, doesn't know remember. who she is this morning. He was talking about something that happened in the basement. He can't remember how was a hole in the wall or something like that. And now it's one o'clock and he's got it. The only thing that'll pick him up well, is Well, dude, by can. that logic, gin and juice is sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Feel right when you drink. Probably. I'm gonna throw back a couple Keep them glued to my right hand. Any flavor, size, or brand. Until the point where I can't stand. I will admit, when I heard that yesterday, to the point to where I can't stand, I was like, I don't know, dude. Excess isn't considered to be popular these days. Excess is problematic. Like, I, I, I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if country radio stations are going to raise an eyebrow at that. I'm kind of worried about this guy. He looks like a like a like a good old boy too, dude. He's just like big. I mean, he's like a bigger guy. He's burly. So not like a Luca. Uh, Luke no, Ryan, like that's the thing. Like that's why I like I'm a little surprised he's catching on it as much as he is. Because again, I don't think he's got a great voice. He's a decent now. He's a decent writer. I will admit that is like songwriting wise. Like uh, this is probably not the best example. But like when it rains, it pours was pretty well put together. Hurricane was pretty well put together. Um, she got the best of me was pretty well put together. Like he can write a halfway decent song, but he doesn't look like a Jason Aldean or Luke Bryan. He doesn't have that polished look about him. He doesn't. Definitely doesn't have the polished sound about him. I'm surprised he's gaining as much traction as he is. Well, the 
Vince again. He can't handle five days without. beer can. Nothing picks him up. Not Nothing. quite like that beer can. Nothing. And the no. love of his children, and the love of his wife, his job, trying to get his life together, none of that matters. Just nope. give, him, get him a beer. Just give him the beer, Fanto. Give me the vote. Eh, it's mm. half a turn. Um, I, I, I like the unpolished sound of the guy. I really did. I feel like there was something there musically that was a little deeper, a little bit more complex, but I, at the same time, that song was a little too on the nose for me, and even like when I'm drinking around a bonfire, I'm not going to be like, dude, I got to get that beer can song on. So it was all right, but it was half a third. I agree with you. I feel like half a third's my vote, too. Eh, it's mm. half a third. I think he'll do better than that, though. Like, music is this way. Once you're a star... And I don't, not that he's all the way there, but once you've released a couple of good songs, people will excuse things that aren't necessarily great, and your songs will get played enough to where they'll be moderate size hits. I think he'll have a moderate size hit on his hands there with, uh, with Beer Can. By the way, dude, if you, if you like the Unpolished Night, you should really check out She Got the Best of Me. I think you might okay. like that song. Right. You might actually like that. We have a new, a perfect circle, their song, The Doomed, next for New Tier 2. We still have a pair of tickets for the Ghoul Brothers House of Horrors in Akron. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. We already played you the new Post Malone featuring 21 Savage, Rockstar. We both voted turd on that. Awful. And then we played you the new Luke Combs beer can, and we both voted half a turd on that. So we're in agreement so far this morning, and I feel like this is where we're going to part ways because Fantone is not... And a Perfect Circle fan. Like, you just don't like this band. I don't like Perfect Circle. I don't like Tool. I don't like any of that stuff, really. And I know it's like, oh, my God. You You, hate Maynard. You have made a really good analogy on Tool that I think a lot of people missed, which is you call Tool the modern-day rush. Yeah. In the sense that they make very long, intricate songs. Look how good I am at playing my instrument. I'm just like, all right, well, okay, well, let's. <laughs> well, then make on. a good song. Good song, yeah. Is it like your take? Now, I like a perfect circle and I like Tool a great deal. I like what Maynard does. I like Pussifer too. Big fan of all of his projects. Here's a new a perfect circle. The song is called The Doomed. So many of my friends growing up in high school love Tool and were like, bro, we got to go listen to Tool. Like, oh, they're so good, dude. I can't believe you don't like that band. That's crazy. Pretentious music, I will admit that. 
very much. He so. makes pretentious music. He does. Everything I dislike about this band is crammed in this song. I I would have to admit, yeah, if you're not a fan of the band, this is not the song that's going to be like, well, maybe they're good. Turn me around on it. No, yeah, this is not the song that will turn you around on them. I would agree with that. Oh, and here's the Maynard, that little, like, where he's kind of singing quietly in the background. Oh, yep, here it comes. And then he pulls you right back in. Here it comes. But, like, you don't like, like, Weak and Powerless and The Stranger and Blue? Judith? You don't like that? That to me is insane. It is. That's insane. Like, I have to think about which band I like better, Tool or Perfect Circle. I like both so much. Probably Tool. And there is something about musicians that are good. Like, again, Tool's drummer, Danny Carey, is so good. Like, that guy's really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't deny the talent, but at the same time, I mean, like, Dragon Force is very talented, but I'm not listening to them. You know what that's I mean? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Trans-Siberia, I hear, right. is, is talented, but I'm not, I'm not cranking it up. He does make long, drawn-out, pretentious music, though. He's gone, like, the opposite way of trying to become popular. And there's credibility in that. There's never a payoff in these songs, I feel like. They build, and they build, and they build, and then build, and they never really... Oh, see, I feel like that's what he does best, is he builds, 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 and then he gives you, like, the crash through. Now, this song, I don't believe. I think you're right oh. on this particular track. I still got another two minutes of this song. Is that so, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, dude, well, maybe not. Dude, it's a perfect circle. What, you think it's going to be under five minutes? <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna to finish this one up tomorrow morning. What I've always really liked about A Perfect Circle, though, is that he proves, this band proves, that you don't have to be heavy to be a rock band. Like, you don't have to be, like, unlistenable noise. Like, you can, there's another way to do it and still hold your credibility, and he does. They like melody. That dude from Bike Night disagrees with you, just so you know. Come on, man, that ain't even rock music. (laughs) Yeah, that ain't even rock and roll, dude. Dude, I can still see that guy's face. <laughs> that guy haunts my dreams. What of the truthful, the dutiful, the decent. What? What are we doing? Are we listening to rock music? See, again, he doesn't try to make radio hits, though. Like, that's, no. you know what I mean? That's not what he tries to do. 
And I find it impressive when a band like doesn't try to like bend over backwards to be palatable, and yet a huge portion of the audience goes to them. I find that to be impressive. Oh yeah, I mean they don't need me. You know what I'm saying? No, I, like, perfect circle. They would take you, don't necessarily need you, right? a cool voice Mander does there. There's a new A Perfect Circle, The Doomed. Fantone, give me the vote there. It's a turn. I didn't remember trying to like Tool when I was younger because everyone had a Tool shirt and like all my buddies like Tool and everyone's like, no, dude, you know, you like rock music. You would like this. And I can remember like, which CD was it? I don't know. But I was like, all right, I'm going to listen to it. I listened to it. I was like, this sucks. And I was like, dude, well, listen to it again. Give it another shot. And then I was like, no, this still sucks. And here we are 15 years later. And I'm like, well, maybe possibly this will be the thing. And no, dude, I just I just don't dig Maynard at all. It's wow. turd. It's a. Uh, I'm gonna vote half a turd on the song. <laughs> it's mm. half a turd again. He he's not trying to get radio airplay. It's just right. not who he is. It's just not what he's about. Um, but I would agree that like if you're not in a perfect circle song, that song's not gonna be like. Well, I mean, maybe they're pretty good. But I'm gonna listen to Vicarious now from Tool like 11 times in a row on my way, on my way over work today. So there it is. Aside from that, we are done. New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. There. Oh, uh, we should uh, remind you of this. Starting Monday morning. We will be passing out $1,000 every hour starting at 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. every single day, weekday that is, on Rock 106.9. That starts Monday, Rock 106.9's Money Bribe. will kick off Monday morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.